0: Uh, If we can grab our Bibles, we're going to look into the Word of God. Uh, If we can start in Luke chapter 10 and verse 25 in a moment, just some thoughts along, well, ties in quite well with uh, the things we just heard actually. Uh was thinking about the idea that the love of God equals peace and uh, we just heard about the wonderful peace and safety and security that is planted within us Through the Holy Ghost our circumstances can vary but the love of God never changes and Jesus Christ has given his life so that we could have the Holy Ghost and know that we have a sure future with him and we just also heard a mighty testimony of a sister over in Perth being healed by the power of God and these are things that just encourage us, don't they? that uh, we know that the Lord has said he'll never leave us nor forsake us and the love of God is with us. But uh, it's great to gather together like this and just be constantly reminded and built up uh, in the love of God, our relationship with God. Of course, it's vital that we keep that strong because we know that Jesus Christ is uh, coming back as we just heard about the doomsday clock, and that in the estimation of the, I had some notes about that as well somewhere, uh, the bulletin of the atomic scientists, in their estimation or their opinion, we're closer to global catastrophe than ever. Isn't that an encouraging thought? <laughs> the world's full of troubles, but praise the Lord, we've got peace in the Lord and a sure future. The Bible talks about an expected end. When Jesus Christ returns, we're going to rise up to meet the Lord in the air and live forever. Luke chapter 25 and verse 10 says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? So it's Luke 10. We're up to verse 26 now, if you're not sure. Yep. He said unto him, What is uh, written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbour as thyself. So just some uh, wonderful thoughts here. Uh, instruction from Jesus Christ that is still here for us to live by. 2,000 years later, uh, you know, how do you want to be treated? treat others that way, serve others, and we'll reap what we sow. That's really a promise from God. If we sow to the love of God, to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, if we uh, adhere to God's word and his way of doing things, uh, then he'll be our strength. He'll help us to obey the word and uh, as we also love others with the love of God, well, we'll reap love in our heart and in our mind. Praise the Lord. Verse 28, and he said unto him, "'Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live.' But he, willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, "'And who is my neighbour? And Jesus answering said, "'A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho "'and fell among thieves, uh, which stripped him of his raiment "'and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead.' and by chance, they're, uh, well, basically, just for the sake of time, a priest and a Levite who should have known better, they would have known the things of the Lord, they passed by on the other side. And we've got this person here who's uh going from uh, Jerusalem down to Jericho, and uh, as can happen in life, they're just wounded by what uh, occurs in life, and many people find themselves in those circumstances. But verse 33, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So a Samaritan. Jesus is speaking to the Jews here uh, and he illustrates uh, the least likely of people to the Jews that would have actually been the one to help. There was a history of enmity uh, between the Jews and the Samaritans and of course John chapter 4 there with the woman at the well uh, where it mentions I think in verse 9 that the Jews and the Samaritans have no dealings with each other and so Jesus here as he relates this story that uh, is talking about uh, the love of God and illustrating this idea of loving God and loving your neighbour as yourself um there's this person that's wounded on the side of the road there, and the Samaritan, the least likely of people uh the one that they the Jews did not expect, was the one that uh helped the good Samaritan. I mean Samaritan <laughs> and of course, this is talking about Jesus Christ, he was the one who came to save us to redeem us, to uh, make a way of escape and of healing from our circumstances and from life whereby uh, without God people have their battles and their struggles and they're fighting them alone, but God offered an olive branch, so to speak, here through Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus came to die to save us and to change things. And in verse thirty four, and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and uh, took uh, care of him. So the Samaritan is Jesus Christ. Uh, the wine is Jesus' shed blood for the forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sin, and the oil is the Holy Ghost. It's a it's a type of the Holy Spirit outpouring. And, of course, God at the inner is the church. It's you and I, brothers and sisters. It's the spirit field. God came to offer his help. We're talking about the love of God, bringing peace, and uh God's aid to people, and we understand it because we've received the Holy Spirit. God came to offer his help, his safety, his healing, Uh, to repair our lives, to make people whole. And it was all through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. And in verse 35, I'll just find my place again. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to his host and said to him, take care of him. So this is the role of the inn, the church, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. An important point there, Jesus Christ is coming again and we know that. But it's a great hope and an encouragement that we have in a world full of trouble. Our hope, our unchanging hope, we just talked about the doomsday clock and those things. Um, we heard about that ably put on Wednesday night. Our hope, our unchanging hope is that Jesus Christ is coming back to take us home, to be with him forever. Praise the Lord. When he comes again, salvation, eternal life. Verse 36, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbour unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy and then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. So we're now spirit-filled. We're in the church. Uh, the church is the people, not the building. And so we are the Church, the spirit filled the Greek word uh, that's translated as the Church uh, in the New Testament is ecclesia um it's the the those that are called out by God, and so it's us now, and so, as we've seen the example of Jesus Christ and uh we understand that only Jesus Christ could pour out the Holy Ghost, the oil there that's come in. Uh, and changed our life. Only Jesus Christ, the Son of God, could make that blood sacrifice, the wine, once for all, he gave his life so that we might be redeemed, brought back from death into everlasting life and hope and truth in the Lord. So now we're the church, the least likely ones. I was just thinking about that and that before I came to the Lord, I came to the Lord when I was 19 years old. Before that, I was very introverted, um, you never would have caught me up here talking like, uh, this. That's a guarantee. Um, but I do remember one particular time I was working at telecom at the time and I was coming home, uh, well, back to work, uh, coming back to work from my lunch break and I was chatting with the person that I was with and growing out. There was, this is Wyala. Saltbush grows pretty readily out there. And there was a, a saltbush growing through a crack in the, in the Ashfield, as we walked back to the telecom office and I had a hot dog in my hand and I thought very cleverly, well, I'll just lift my foot up over that so that I don't trip on the uh, salt bush and accidentally kick the hot dog out of my hand. (laughs) And I watched as it plummeted over and landed in the dust. So, you know, the least likely of people, and that was just one example of my great exploits uh, before I came to the Lord. Uh, I was a bit bit clumsy, still can be at times, but I I praise the Lord, I think I'm a bit better than I used to be. What do you think, Jenny? No, she's shaking her head. (laughs) Okay, moving right along. (laughs) So anyway, so the least likely of people, he's now made us his ambassadors, his kings and priests. We're able to represent him, tell people about the oil, the spirit, because we've experienced it. Uh, we are moved with compassion towards others because of what the Lord has done for us. Praise the Lord. We know how he has completely transformed our life and so we want others to know and understand that the love of God is there and available for them to have as well. God sent his son Jesus Christ to bring peace into our life and we've experienced that and we know as we walk on in the Lord, well, that peace will be there to see us through to the very end in spite of circumstances and we can go through difficult circumstances, very difficult ones, but as we heard in the testimony, the sure uh, peace of God will be there with us and he'll be with us through all things to the end when Jesus Christ returns. We might just go to Matthew chapter 26 if we could. And certainly we want to take that hope and that peace to others because we talked about love God and love your neighbour as yourself and we understand the principles of the Bible. We reap what we sow. As we sow the love of God, as we love others, well, we'll have the love of God in our life because the Holy Spirit is working through us and in us to give us peace. But the other thought, about loving God and loving your neighbour as yourself, that I had as I was just uh, looking through these things, was, seems to me that the biggest favour anyone ever did for us in our life was to bring the gospel to us, to bring the way to be saved, to show us that there was a door, that there's an entry into everlasting life through Jesus Christ and praise the Lord that someone took the time to do that so that you know the Lord could work in us. He's the good Samaritan that gave his life so that we could have the oil and the wine, the forgiveness, the power of God, the love of God in us. And praise the Lord that someone took the time to, uh, explain those things to us. And by extension, praise the Lord for all of us who've remained faithful to the things of the Lord and walked on and been faithful to what God showed us when we were born again. Because what it all adds up to is when a new person comes in here, there's a testimony for them to see of the love of God in action as we love each other, as we forgive each other, as we show the love of God just by the way we are towards each other, just as God uh, offered an olive branch to us through Jesus Christ, of course an olive branch is a symbol of peace and we'll perhaps, if we get time, talk a little bit more about that later. But, you know, here we were, dead in trespass and sin, mankind turned away from God largely, and God in his mercy and grace, you know, mankind, wars and rumours of wars, aggression, fighting, disagreements. It's the nature of God and of the flesh. And then on the other hand, in spite of all of that, we've got God that looks down upon mankind uh, in his difficulties and troubles, and has compassion you know jesus just another example of the nature of man god sent his only begotten son to the world and what did we do as mankind we crucified him and i mean i wasn't physically there to crucify jesus but i know what my attitude was like before i got spirit filled so in a lot of ways in my heart that's what i was doing Uh, was uh, just disregarding and disrespecting the Son of God. But for all of that and in spite of all of that, God saw us afar off and sent Jesus to die so that we might live. He offered an olive branch to us. And so we understand now how the love of God works and we just want to offer and extend the love of God to one another and to the unsaved. At every opportunity, as it said there, you know, that we reap what we sow and, um, as we show compassion towards others, the love of God works in us. And there was something else I was going to say, but I've forgotten. Jenny will tell me off for that afterwards because I start stories and then I don't finish them. But, uh, anyway, praise the Lord. I'll, uh, I'll try to be better. Matthew chapter 26 verse 36. So God offered peace to us, salvation to us through Jesus Christ, and now we just want to tell others so that they can have the peace of God. And I think what I was saying is that there's a testimony there for all to see, like we were hearing about Australia Day the other day. The saints come together, and it's just different to the world. It's special, and it shines. So keep doing what you're doing, brothers and sisters. Remain faithful to the Lord. We know that. Hold on with everything you've got to the love of God, because Jesus is coming back. And as we, uh, live by the love of God, it shines to the unsaved so that they might have hope, so that they might have a lighthouse, so that they might see and, uh, praise the Lord for that. Matthew 26 verse 36, uh, then comes Jesus with them unto a place which is called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Now, um, hopefully I can string this together, but we've talked about the oil the Holy Ghost, the love of God being extended to us, uh, the olive branch, so to speak. In Matthew 26, verse 36, Gethsemane actually means the olive press or it means an olive press. So as you can imagine, an olive press is used to extract olive oil from olives, uh, a common way was that the olives were laid out on a stone and there was a millstone uh, would roll over the olives and the pressure crushes the olives, uh, squeezes out the oil, which is then collected in clay jars. And uh, what we're about to read about here is the Lord Jesus Christ certainly felt uh, the weight and the pressure of the things that he knew he would suffer Uh, through the cruel whipping and beating that he suffered and the, uh, weight of sin that he took on his own shoulders, he bore our sin so that we could be set free. Praise the Lord. Um, he did it so that the Holy Ghost, the oil in type would be available for the joy that was set before him, which is our salvation, the change in us, the mighty help that would, we would have Through the Holy Ghost, Jesus endured it so that the oil, the Holy Ghost, would be made available. So I don't think it's any coincidence that uh, as he was here in this place called Gethsemane, the olive press, we know that he was doing it. For you and for me so that we might be saved. Verse 37, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he to them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. One can only imagine the weight that he was carrying on his shoulders at this time. Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thine be done. And he comes to the disciples and finds them asleep and said to Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray the enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away and prayed the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And it goes on there. And so Jesus really was alone as he uh, gave his, well, you know, he was contemplating the giving of his life to save us, he's mighty to save, but he did it all to bring the Holy Ghost to us, the aid of God. Um, and, uh, well, there's a few things about all of that that we can um, go into. Perhaps we might just go to Leviticus 24, just for a moment, just back to the Old Testament here, because we've established that the oil is the type of the Holy Ghost and that Jesus came to give his life so that we might have the Holy Spirit. And of course we know that, but, uh, I just like the fact that as we dig into the Bible, it just all dovetails together in such a wonderful way to remind us that uh, this is the word of God, the love of God. And as we live by it, it won't fail us, but it will see us through all, um, challenges and obstacles to the end when Jesus Christ returns. Luke 20, uh, sorry, Levi, Leviticus, chapter 24, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually. Without the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron order it from the evening to the morning before the Lord continually, it shall be a statute forever in your generations. So the job of the uh, priest here was to keep the lamps burning continually, 24-7, always, uh, for their own benefit and for a testimony to the Lord. And we've now got the Holy Ghost. And so the message here to us is, keep the light burning continually no matter what give attendance to it make sure that we're familiar with the word of god that we're uh you know looking into the mirror and comparing ourselves with the word of god and uh, having that as the mark the standard that we live by and as we do we'll have light we'll have peace we'll have hope we'll know that we've got the lord with us Till the very end, and we need that because it's a world full of darkness, it's a world full of uh, untruths and uh, people who uh, would disagree with our stand and perhaps pressure us to change, but we just want to stand firm because we know what we've got. And we know the price that was paid for it. And we know that Jesus Christ is coming back for us as well. Uh, the Bible says in Revelations chapter, uh, one that we're now kings and priests unto our God. And so we need to be the lighthouse for others that they might be saved. Deuteronomy chapter 20, if we can just go there, please. So we're determined to stand fast in the Lord, to perhaps be tenacious in that sense because we know what we've got, and we want to hold on to it with everything we've got. I remember Pastor Darrell giving a famous talk many years ago about tenacity, you might remember, and how that he was in the sea at, uh, I think it was at Glenelg, we'll say Glenelg for the sake of uh, the exercise, and it got very rough. And as I recall, he grabbed hold of the the pillar of the jetty there because the waves were knocking him around, as uh, it's a bit like life, isn't it, at times? And he didn't want to be carried away by the uh, the waves and by the sea and drown. So he had to hold on with everything he had, arms, legs, maybe teeth, I don't know. But that's certainly um, how we want to be in the Lord because we know that he's coming back for us, as I've already said. Deuteronomy 20, verse 3 and we just mentioned about the peace that it brings us. The love of God brings peace. As we uh apply the love of God in our life always, uh well you know, we're repaid tenfold, hundredfold, a thousandfold, aren't we? Deuteronomy twenty verse three uh, And shall say to them, Here, O Israel, you uh ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies, let not your hearts be faint Fear not, and do uh, not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them; for the Lord your God is He that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, and to save you, and the officers shall speak to the people saying, "What man is there?" Uh, I don't think I wanted to read that actually, no, I didn't. So we'll just go to Joshua chapter one, but I think the message is pretty clear that as we walk in the spirit as we use the Holy Ghost. There's no need to fear because God's with us and we can have all sorts of things that challenge us. It might be the boss. We might be scared of the boss at work. I know I have been at times in life, um, you know, a bit intimidated, whatever the case may be. Uh it might be something at school. Whatever challenges we face in life, the, the difference is that we've got the Lord with us, and he's promised, I'll fight your battles for you, I'll keep you, I'm coming back for you. And as we focus on that, then we'll have peace. Deuteronomy 20, uh, no, sorry, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3 says, just another situation of the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So a similar idea here of the tenacity thing. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou defied for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. And so there was a promised land uh, that God spoke about, and he was uh just reminding them there, or uh, sorry, Joshua was on behalf of the Lord, that... uh that I will keep my promises and so there shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. So what does all this add up to is that we can have our challenges in life, we have our fears and things that come against us, but the Lord will be there with us to fight our battles and to help us through and that's the great aid that God sent Jesus to give his life so that we might have the spirit and be kings and priests unto the Lord, and know that he's with us through all things. Um I just want to go to... How much time have I got? Okay, we might just go to Isaiah chapter 11. I mentioned before the idea of God offering an olive branch to mankind. According to the Collins dictionary if you offer an olive branch to someone you show that you want to end a disagreement or quarrel now it's an ama- and, and an olive branch is really an emblem or a token of peace and the Oxford dictionary actually says that it's an allusion to the story of Noah and that means an allusion with an A, not I, illusion, an allusion. It means to a a calling to mind of the story of Noah. So I've just found that interesting that the Oxford Dictionary in terms of talking about what's an olive branch would say that. It's really saying that uh, probably the origin of the term goes back to the story of Noah. And, of course, the story of Noah was there they were after the flood, God's judgment upon mankind, but there were faithful people that got in the ark, the boat, the place of safety that God had prepared. And of course, Jesus Christ, we could say is the modern day ark, um, the church, the place of safety through the Holy Ghost that we preach. So, Anyhow, if you offer an olive branch to someone, you show that you want to end a disagreement or a quarrel. And we've got this amazing situation where mankind, it was us that was in the wrong, but God in his love would actually be the opposite. And in spite of us, he would send his son to die to save us so that we might live. Such is the love of God. And if, and I suppose if you get nothing else out of this talk, if we live by that principle to show the love of God to the world, no matter what comes back the other way at us, God's saying we'll have peace, we'll have inner strength, we'll have a hope that will see us through in spite of everything to the very end when Jesus Christ returns. And so We're looking at the idea of an olive branch here and perhaps we can tie it into Isaiah chapter 11 here. And I've got a little bit more that hopefully ties all this together. Isaiah 11 verse 1. And it says here, there shall come out of the rod of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And we know this is talking about Jesus Isaiah 11 verse 1, And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. As we use the Holy Ghost, that's what we get, isn't it? Wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and importantly, the fear of God. Put the Lord as number one in your life because he's coming back for us. And we want to make it when he comes. Verse 3, And he shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness, righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And the righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, uh, of his reins, the wolf shall also dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion, the fatling together and a little child shall lead them and the cow and the bear shall feed and the young ones shall feed, shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Uh, and it's really just talking about, uh, peace. And so we know that Jesus came to give us the Holy Ghost so that we would have peace. And he's coming again so that there'll be peace in the world and that we'll live forever and he'll rule and reign on the earth for a thousand years of peace. Romans chapter 11, if we can just go over there and verse 16. So the Bible doesn't actually use the term olive branch that I could see specifically in relation to Jesus Christ, but just a principle that I'm trying to put across there that God sent his son took the time out through the love of God so to give an opportunity for mankind to have peace with God, for us to be saved right with God and have our sin removed and be right with him. And uh certainly here if we just read Romans 11 verse 16, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And praise the Lord for that because it's talking about Israel, and it's talking about God's plan here, and, uh, we know that Jesus Christ is the root on which the, the church is built, so to speak, and that He's holy. And if we read verse 17, and if some of the branches be broken off, referring to Israel, and thou, you, me, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakers of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, a tree, it goes on there, but the whole idea here is that saying, if the olive tree's Israel, and we know that Jesus Christ was, uh, you know, very much a part of that, okay, uh, which is, you know, perhaps the thought there of the olive branch and that we've been now grafted into the salvation of God, that we are now part of God's plan and purpose. We are uh, his ambassadors and his kings and priests there, praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's all the grace of God that uh, now we are called to be servants of the Lord and uh, we talked at the start there about the idea of love God and love your neighbour as yourself and that now we certainly are, uh, we could say, an olive branch to the world. Jesus Christ came so that we might know the truth and we know what the Lord's done for us. We know how he's changed our life. We know how he saved us. We know how he's blessed us. And so now here we are in this amazing situation now where God's called us to be uh, a lighthouse for the world, to offer the peace of God to the world on his behalf, to be ambassadors for him. It's a ministry of reconciliation that we've been called to now. We can offer the gospel to the world. We we show the love of God to one another every day. It's a ministry of reconciliation. I mean, the world, our government's got a ministry of defense, a ministry of education, a ministry of justice. And, you know, the ministry of defense, what's their job? Look after the defense of our Our shores, the Ministry of Education, let's organise education for the people of this world and make sure our children and our adults through universities and so forth, I dare say, are educated. There's a Ministry of Justice that organises the legal system. Well, we've got the Ministry of Reconciliation. And so uh, now our wonderful purpose that God's called us to is to uh, offer reconciliation, the peace of God to tell people that Jesus Christ has given his life so that uh, we might be saved. And, you know, uh, different times we might try different things to get the message across. Like if we just say to people, give me five minutes of your time, I've got a story to tell you. And what a story it is, how that the creator came to live inside you and change your life um, when he filled you with the Holy Spirit, we think of the story of the lady that we just heard about who was healed of, uh, you know, Addison's disease. I'm not even sure what Addison's disease is, but you know, God knows and he's able to heal it because, uh, he's the, he's a healing God, isn't he? And as we listen to people, well, we know where people are coming from when we listen to them and we're able to answer them with, uh, the love of God and uh you know give them answers to their circumstances. If they're sick, they can be healed. Uh, and as we listen to people, it's amazing how generally they'll listen to us when it's our turn to talk, and we'll be able to tell them our story. And of course we encourage each other to walk on. Just I'm running out of time, so uh Matthew chapter five says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So, you know, we're able to offer the peace of God at all times, not only in the things that we preach, but also just the way that we, um, the way that we are with people. We, there's all sorts of relationships in life and uh, it might be at work, just as an example, or at school, that those that are of a mind to, uh, you know, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled as they look. Uh, for righteousness, they'll see it in us that we don't react and respond the way we used to. And that uh, if someone mistreats us, well, we respond with the love of God. And it's, uh, it's a powerful thing. James chapter three, verse 18. It just says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So as we sow, peace to others whether it's with our neighbor um, because there's all sorts of relationships there's brothers and sisters and we might just go to Ephesians chapter 4 to look at that but perhaps just to finish that point as we sow peace we'll have peace in our heart Ephesians 4 verse 32 it says and be ye kind uh, sorry I'll just let you get there Ephesians 4 verse 32 says and be ye kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So in all relationships, um, if we're kind and forgiving and we remember the love of God and what Jesus Christ has done for us and we go and do likewise, as we read at the beginning there, we saw the example of the Good Samaritan, Giving his life to save others, and as we uh are kind tender to hearted, as it says there, well um then we'll have peace in our heart and Just over in chapter five verse twenty five just a bit of a favorite of mine, I've heard various talks over the years about marriage, and this one always inspires me and just lifts up my thinking, and so uh, if you're a husband, praise the Lord. It's an instruction to all of us. If you're not yet a husband or, you, uh, then, uh, I still think it speaks volumes about the love of God and the example of Jesus Christ towards us. Ephesians 5 verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with washing of water by the word. So it's powerful stuff, isn't it? That it, but if we aspire to this, remember we started with love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If we aspire to this, God sent his son, the, you know, to bring peace the peace and the love of God to us. And the aid of the Holy Ghost to us. And so, you know, the word's written on our heart and in our mind. And as we aspire to this, God's always there to help us to fulfill his word. Just like we could go back to the story there about don't fear, don't doubt yourself, so to speak, when it was the children of Israel going into the promised land there. And uh, they uh I dare say there would have been an element of fear because Moses had passed on. They were now going into the promised land, a big task, enemies, all sorts of challenges there, but the encouragement was don't fear because as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And that's what God's promised us through the Holy Ghost. He's in us through the Spirit to give us his aid and his help to uh, shine as lights to the world, to show the world the peace of God And as we started off saying, as we sow peace to others, the whomsoever, the saved or the unsaved, well, we'll have the peace of God inside us that will be a strong and resilient thing that will keep us till Jesus Christ returns. And all the people said...